Hey, Matthew, who's the next president of the USA? Let me see. I believe his name is Mr. Not Donald Trump. Podcast Yggdrasil. Okay, we're back. And we're wrong. We were wrong, and it feels so good. It's... I mean... Can we like just keep doing this every election and then like get our own results? That oh. would be nice. You know how they say a boner should never last for more than four hours? Please don't tell me you got a boner for Joe Biden. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gone. Still, shit, this feels good. It's... I feel it's unexpected. We we started talking about this earlier when we met, like, how little of a fight that Trump put up. I know that, you know, most of the media have this, like, oh my god, it's so unprecedented, we cannot believe he's saying these things, why can't he not accept the result? But, I mean, we knew those things were gonna happen, but there yeah. was no plan B here. Yeah, I mean, it's been strangely easy to get over this. I mean... When you get can- when your doctor tells you you have a cancerous tumor, you kind of expect that you'll have to get surgery. But this this tumor was just you could just pick it off your skin. Yeah. I mean, we say that now he's still got like two and a half months left in office. Yeah, and probably like three hundred lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many anymore. But still, uh, I think we're kind of I, I think both of us were ex- were expecting him to fight more back. Put up a stronger fight. Not only fight back, but, you know, I'd expected him to have, like... What do we do if the votes are not looking as good? What's the what's the plan? Who's our allies? Yeah, I like, mean, I mean, he started t- talking about the mail-in ballots in, like, March? I don't know. Like, it seemed like they were building up to something. I mean, they seemed like they had a game plan for, like, for... This scenario where, oh shit, we don't have the votes. And I mean, they've sabotaged the run-up to the election. I mean, uh, the Joy, uh, the guy in charge of the USPS, he's been sabotaging the mail, the, the mail sorting machines. And they've been fucking with the... Um, ability to vote. Yeah, the ability to vote in Texas, for example. Uh, but yeah, I guess... I mean, I never thought I would say this about Donald Trump and his administration, but I expected more. Yeah. But let's take a step back, because we went right into it. Uh, Donald Trump will not be the president of the United States anymore. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, there's still time, of course. But I mean, we're still in 2020. Things can happen. I mean, I was fully prepared, although we did predict that he would just simply win, <laughs> win the regular election uh, through fuckery, but still, we expected him to win. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like he won't be the president anymore. Uh, I was expecting that even if he lost the vote like he did, uh, lost the uh, lost the vote like he did, uh, I I was expecting there to be a lot more uncertainty from the various uh, you know media factions and uh, political factions about whether it would be contested. Yeah, and like. How how the counts of the vote turned out, I think fits fairly well with what I expected. You know, you you got the the first the first round, so to say, that comes over the first night, in which Trump looks a bit better than what he does in the several states, mm-hmm. and when they start getting close, that's when you know some high level politicians come out. They say something. They question some things. You have you know. Fox and friends, you know, giving a hand here and they're talking about it and already like, you know, making the narrative that it seems very weird that Biden are getting a lot of votes at this time. And then maybe you get like a court decision or two and they stop the voting and something happens. And like, it was pretty close in like three or four of these states. You flip like two of these states, the election is completely different. But I was expecting there to be a plan to do that, similarly to, you know, Bush and Florida in... Uh, 2000. Yeah. And here it it seemed like Trump went to sleep, co- totally convinced he would win, 
and you know his his allies not being instructed to do anything and then they're like well i guess he's losing who's gonna tell him not me not you it, it feels like this you know weird situation where like he has removed all the people around him that like did shit with people who act in the way he wants and maybe they don't you know have abilities without you know kissing his ass well who would have thought that replacing every able-bodied person in your administration with a mindless crony would have consequences when you need an actual game plan? And I mean, we end up here because apparently there's like a divide in the Trump camp between, you know, several other people there, whether or not he should accept the result or he mm. should fight, you know. Uh... Apparently Jared Kushner has also asked him to... Yeah. To concede, which shocked me because, first of all, I didn't think puppets could speak. I mean... Have you seen him speak? <laughs> I mean, he looks I, like a he looks like a Pinocchio doll who I, shouldn't be allowed near a school. I don't think he knows how to do anything except conceding. <laughs> I think think that's the issue. Like his his son Donald. Uh, Wait, Jr. who are you talking about, Kushner or Trump? Trump's son Junior. He's, ah, okay. He wants him to fight, and I'm mm. pretty sure the only reason he's saying that is because, like, you know, as a, as a matter of fact of not being Ivanka, he knows if he says the wrong thing now, like he's not going to be in the will. True, true. <laughs> um, so, the election. I mean, there's so much to talk about. I don't know where to really begin. We should try to structure this. Uh, he lost the election. Yeah. And it seems it, like most it, people are fine with it. I mean, not his supporters, of course. Yeah, uh, like uh, most, I mean, like there's conservative media and there's conservative media. Like there's... You'll find a lot of conservative media that's still, you know, singing his bidding. But most of the, I don't want to use the word credible conservative media, because, like, I, I don't want to give, like, Fox News legitimacy that, or anything. That's a bit late. But, but you know, the, the, the big ones, the ones that, you know, are pretended to be respected... They seem to have dropped him before it even started. Yeah, I mean, Fox were uh, really early. They, they seem to be ready quite early on to give this to Biden. I mean, not give it, but to accept a Biden victory. And, uh, and I think there are reasons for that. Um, and similarly, like you have the, all the politicians that, I mean... <laughs> Mitt Romney is probably kind of happy yeah <laughs> oh no we lost the election i guess i'll take over the leadership of the party mccain is laughing from his grave yeah arizona <laughs> and then arizona flipped the weirdest of the all is actually donald trump because right now he doesn't strike me as somebody who wants to be president for another four years but did he ever want to really be president i really think that the only reason he fought so hard to get reelected. Uh, were two reasons mainly. Uh, the fact that he's a sociopathic narcissist who's incapable of admitting defeat or accepting the fact that he might not be winning. Uh, and the other reason is that he's a little bit afraid of prison, I think. I think he would have wanted more to win this turnaround than four years ago because if he loses in 16, like, you know, you can somewhat easily rebrand yourself from that. Oh, but but I, now you're like what, leaving office in shame. Uh, yeah, but that's what I mean because I I really don't think he was planning or hoping to win in 2016. I think his plan was to lose and then launch himself, uh, launch the uh, TNN, the Trump News Network, and basically launch himself as the the candidate that had his had the election stolen and that now runs the opposition from his own network, uh, Alex Jones style, just yeah. redder, I guess. <laughs> and with you know, I don't want to say more credibility, but yeah. Uh, well, I mean, has Trump been on Joe Rogan yet? <laughs> <laughs> Give it a couple of weeks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, he's out, and it seems like. All of his, uh, all of his most important uh, political supporters, uh, aside from you know his voters, uh, they seem very very prepared to accept this and 
give Trump the boot and, and try to get on with uh, regular corrupt American and politics. And even though life. his voters, like, yeah, something has been happening with like a couple of them showing up, but I expected, and this would have to happen between more, you know, just Trump, but a harder rallying call from more sources to bring them out in the streets. But it was more like, you know, couple of tweets and then Twitter blocked them and then like... Yeah, I honestly thought that Trump would go a little bit more crazy and that... I expected fire and fury. Yeah, I expected people to hit the streets and I really thought that by now uh, it's been, what, three days since the election was called for Biden? Probably some more resistance when Trump won than from Trump voters when he lost. Uh, yeah, uh, I was really expecting people to, to be honest, to get killed by now. Uh, I like some, maybe, I don't, I don't know, abortion clinics. Maybe someone would kidnap a governor, <laughs> I mean, something like that. I guess they ruined those plans a bit early. Yeah. And I think maybe that governor's path was something we didn't really think about, that a lot of the states that it came down to the line they were Democrat-controlled. Mm. And I think that might have been like an advantage we didn't see, that it's easier to get fuckery in Republican-run states. Not not in a... All Republicans are more corrupt. Maybe they are, who knows? I'm not, I'm not saying anything. But more in a, like, they have a different support for Trump. On the contrary, you know, the Democrats really want him gone. True. Uh Let's start by focusing on the reactions to the results. Because what I'm interested in, uh, let's start with Trump's reaction. We, we talked a bit yes. about it now. And uh, let's ask the question, why is he not putting up more of a fight? I mean, sure, his caps lock is on in his tweets, but that's normal. I mean... Yeah, but he's not even tweeting much. No, he's golfing. So why isn't he fighting harder? Uh I mean, he's such a narcissist that this should be such a blow to his ego. He yeah. should be, you know, blowing up Twitter. Uh, and I'm wondering, do you think he's been warned by his people not to act that way? Do you think it's possible he's been told by certain central people in the GOP, the Republicans, to don't to not lose his shit and act a certain way or he may face consequences somehow. But, but he's not the guy that listened to that shit anyway. Like No, but he's... I mean, when it comes down to it, uh, the one defining characteristic of Trump, I'd say, is that he's a coward. Because, yeah, he's a narcissist who can't accept defeat uh, or admit that he's wrong. But, I mean, he would suck a dick if it, if it meant getting away with his freedom. And, you know, every time he's ended up in a confrontation, he's been, he's always been this way. He's been real tough in front of a camera or uh, at one of his rallies or while he's uh, flying on Air Force One or when he's uh, flating Putin on the world stage. But the minute he has to actually stand in a room with someone, he's really not that tough on them. I mean, sure, he interrupted Biden a lot during the debate, but... Like, he, he he's a pussy. <laughs> That's one of his one of his defining characteristics. So, yeah, but yeah. like you know, who who in the Republican Party has the power to like whip him in place? Like you know, Mitch McConnell coming in like threatening him and putting him like in a. Ch like, I don't I don't really see that happening. Well, I mean, uh, a lot of people want Donald Trump prosecuted for his various crimes. And there, there's quite a few of them. Yeah, but not so, many of them are Republican. No, but my point is, the Republican Party never loved Trump. He was just a means to an end. Oh, of course. Yeah, he's a tool. He was a useful idiot. And having that tool at their disposal uh, meant placating him, making, making Trump happy and supporting him. And, I mean, that's what Republicans do. They blindly and corruptly support their candidates. Uh, because, I mean, he... He fired up support for them and let them do a lot of legislative shit uh, that they wanted to do anyway. And now they're ready to toss him away. And I'm thinking maybe they told him that, hey, uh, if you go too much out of line, 
will quietly support the Democrats in doing, I don't know, in doing some shit to you. Uh, I mean, this is pure speculation, of course, but I think it's a possible explanation. Like, hey, do you want to avoid prosecution once you're out of office? Uh, Because even if he resigns a day before Biden's inauguration uh, and gets a pardon from Pence, there are still state crimes to face if they decide to prosecute him. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they would do it, but the Republican Party, I think, in the coming months, uh, they're going to make an effort to take a step back from Trump. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they might say, hey, you need to behave. We've made a deal with Joe Biden and his administration. They won't go after us for doing this and that. Uh, but we're we're going to sacrifice you if you don't get in line and go away as quietly as Donald Trump can go. I mean, I don't know how likely this is, but uh, I, I mean... It's not out of the realm of possibility, is my point. I think what we might be seeing is a fact that Donald's ego has, I mean, not completely broken forever, but, you know, he's he's a man that's built upon, you know, an incredible, incredible, I don't want to use, like, you know, delusion in necessarily here a wrong way, but, like, he sees the world and he, on top of it, and if he's not on top of the world, he's like blurring his vision until like the view changes until what he wants it to be. Yeah, he's- I mean, after the election was called for Biden, he tweeted out in caps lock once again, uh, I won the election by a lot. And that's the level, level of I mean, I, I, I think he came into this knowing he would win. Like there was no way he would see himself losing this. And I thought like one of the ways would be, you know, making sure that there was no way he could be losing this. But I think what we might be seeing here is the fact that he thought this couldn't happen. And now he's like, he's questioning himself, which probably very rarely happens. So like his confidence is down and he doesn't want to show himself in media. I have a counter to that because I think I disagree. Because if that was the case, why would we, prior to the election, why would we see him on so many occasions going out and saying, hey, I'm going to win the election, but if I lose, it's through cheating. Uh, Like, if he knew that he would win, uh, why would he make that effort to prepare people for the eventuality that he might lose? I agree, but... If he knew that there would be, you know, quote-unquote cheating, like starting to build that narrative, why wasn't there any contingency in place except Rudy Giuliani speaking in some backlots in, I don't know, bumfuck nowhere? (laughs) Yeah, but I, I really do think that his main focus when he's been building his administration and the people, the staff around him has been to, you know, placate his ego and his donors and whoever's controlling him behind the strings. Uh, And I really just think he's been building up a team of pretty incompetent people, Uh, at least the team around him. I think the people around the Republic, the people employed by the Republican Party, they are evil and competent. Uh, They are lawful evil, while uh, Trump's team is chaotic evil or... Chaotic, stupid, stupid evil. stupid, evil, however you want to put it. But they're, they're amateurs in a political sense. And uh, yeah, I, I think that, I definitely think that Trump is a narcissist, a like an actual narcissist. And he he's definitely got sociopathic tendencies. I mean, it's ironic that like, you know, <laughs> the, the work on rehabilitating Bush has gone so far and he's probably now technically out fascisted Trump because what do you mean what he did you mean as as in like they had plans ready when like Florida was close and they kicked in they had people sowing the confusion they had people in you know like his brother spoke up and saying he had won Fox News uh, run with that store like there was a machine there that took it to such a degree that people 
went with it. So it was it was easy for the courts to make the decision to go down and say, you know, we we don't do a recount. This is, like he won. And, yeah, but and, that was a concentrated GOP effort. And and it, I I was expecting at least you know something of a similar level. And the ironic thing is, I think we can see now when we can see the results that if that has happened now, I'm pretty sure we would have four more years. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you saw how close the election was. I mean, sure, uh, Biden took a... I mean, he ended up winning uh, by solid margins uh, with all those uh, uh, post post votes. <laughs> uh, but for a good while there, it looked real close. And uh, More I people mean, voted for Trump this time than last time around. Yeah, I mean, like several million more people saw the last four years and said, yes, I want I'm ready for more of this now. Uh, but yeah, uh, the thing is, I think that he, he's, got all, he, he's got that diagnosis. I mean, for me, an armchair expert. He's a narcissistic sociopath. Uh, but it's not that, I don't think that they are completely unable to realize that they might lose in certain situations. It's just that when it happens, they immediately reframe it to be something else. They see it happening, they experience it, and they know it's happening. I mean, he knows he's lost, but he immediately feels a real strong need to reframe it, to erase that uh, that timeline. <laughs> to Yeah, so I think it's more about reframing what happened other than uh, you, th- you think not... that's what it's gonna go do he's gonna like spend the last month in office making scientists trying to make a time machine so we can go back <laughs> and change the result let's be honest if he invented a time machine the first thing he would do is go back in time and fuck ivanka again i mean okay that was out of line but it's also very true i'm sure of it okay uh reactions uh I- i'm just like completely knocked out by like reimagining how the world would look if Trump could go back in time and change things. I'm pretty sure like every statue in the world would be a statue of Trump. Yeah, and I like he would have discovered America. There would be like Cheeto dust on the asses of every teenage girl in America. Uh but yeah, reactions. Uh Trump, he's going to react like he's going to react. I'm very ex- uh okay. I almost said excited. I'm not. I should say scared, but I am. Uh, uh, I am shaking with anticipation to see how the next few months will be uh, until Biden's inauguration. How will Trump act in that time? Will Biden survive? <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, may, let's talk about the. I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit. The like the establishment on the right, how they seem to have just accepted that Biden won. Why? I'm actually not sure. Like, I'm wondering if there's been some sort of clash behind the scenes, maybe not in the sense that you described it, but like when Trump came to power in, you know, late 15, early 16, there was like those for him and those against him. And the dissent just died out over time. You you rebranded yourself and, you know, followed line and, and that was it. And there's been, you know, a couple of, you know, issues here and there, but they've been loyal behind. Now, there's something to be said that, you know, the Republican Party and their followers, they, they know how to change when change is needed. I just gotta say... You made a big mistake in using the word loyal. There's nothing loyal about the Republican Party. <laughs> Come on. I mean, <laughs> I know I get your point, but <laughs> loyal in the sense it that it rubs they, me the wrong way. I mean, much like Donald Trump does. I guess it's not you know so much as loyalty as in like you accept the new management and mm-hmm. you know you change like you know people that have been like laughing about the idea, talking about how you know they rather drink bleach. You know, suddenly were his you know supporters at every move and you know stood up for him when impe- like not only like voted against impeachment but you know held press conferences you know acted you know they, they branded themselves as trumpists yeah but but i really think it's more of a and i would have understand like 
if they turned around because they had a better alternative, or if it's the fact that, you know, okay, he went too far, we need to distance ourselves. But I don't feel that either of those happened. But they do have a better alternative. I mean, I think that the Republican Party was taken completely by surprise when Donald Trump just basically hijacked the entire party. Oh, yeah. And... I mean, they're rats by nature. So people like Ted Cruz, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, uh, Paul Ryan. I mean, all those people, they were able to, I mean, shed their skin and uh, adapt to Trump being their candidate. And they they played the part of blindly supporting him. Uh, but I don't think they felt that he became the new leadership. It was It was almost more of a hostage situation, I think. Uh, and they adapted to it. They're the hostage that cooperates with their hostage taker because they know it'll benefit them. And it has it has massively benefited them in the last four years. I mean, uh, but now they have a better alternative in Joe Biden, I think. I don't think so. I think they would rather have four more years than potential eight of Biden. Or... I mean, yeah, sure. I think they would prefer that, but I don't think they're willing to... I mean, they've already gone very far in defending Donald Trump, but I think they know their let's know their audience, the American people, well enough to know that the shit they've done to support him in the last four years, they can get away with that. But if they now joined him in challenging the results of the election, I mean, just look at how people are ridiculing Donald Trump right now. I don't think they are as willing to jump into the fray and defend him in his wild accusations regarding this election result. I think that they would rather just say, hey, I mean, Joe Biden, he's a, he's, I mean, sure, you can call him a centrist or a left winger all you want, but he's a right winger. I mean, I don't think I'm going too far in saying that. I mean, he's not a leftist. No. He's a right winger. And he he shares a lot of ideals with the Republican Party. Uh, I mean, sure, he's embraced a lot of uh, a lot of slogans, and uh, you know, uh, he he's been making some concessions, uh, embracing a couple of things that the the American left wanted, like a public option for healthcare. Uh, but he's I mean he's on the right. And he's a good fit for the Republican Party. And he's already said, I mean, he's been saying from the get-go that he would be want, he would be looking to cooperate and find a middle ground with the GOP. And in this situation, I think that they, they're quite willing to risk losing the presidency uh, as long as they perhaps maintain the uh, majority in the Senate. And... Yeah, get over Trump now and rebrand themselves again. Maybe have Mitt Romney run in 2024 uh, and try to get past Trump that way. I I mean, I think you could say somewhat the same thing about Clinton, even though, you know, of course she didn't win. But I'm questioning if the issue here is that, you know, one of the problem with dictatorships often is the fact that you have like one strong dictator and then because he fights all dissents you don't really have you know anyone else so when the dictator dies chaos ensues and I'm not you know I'm not gonna make the Trump's a dictator speech here but I feel like he lacked other leaders that would back him up like if there are I'm trying to think of like, you know, prominent leaders in the GOP, like even though, the, you know, the big figures don't, you know, have, you know, leadership or, you know, that kind of like when Obama speaks, Democrats listens, mm. they don't, you know, got, you know, someone like that. And I feel like if there was one or two Republicans like that, that have spoken up and followed suit with Trump on election night, everybody else would have followed, media would have followed. Uh, people on the ground would have followed more uh, maybe you know other politicians but but the fact that you know there was just like you know Trump saying some things his campaign not knowing what like this kind of 
chaos without a plan. I think that's probably what turned them off more than the fact that. It would, don't you think they had some had several strategy meetings ahead of the election where they said, okay, what are we gonna do if it looks like he's gonna lose? Are we gonna go all in and help him, or are we gonna let him sink? I mean, I mean, I'm not saying they didn't have that, but the fact that. I'm talking more about the fact that Donald Trump didn't have any allies that backed him up in that conversation. Apparently, like they, they no, should... but I don't think they. I don't think he was part of that conversation. No, no, no. At no. All. I I know, but like the fact that he hasn't uh, built, you know, connections. Like you, you, you're either in his inner circle until he doesn't like you anymore and he throws you out, or you're like just someone he shit talks on Twitter. The fact that, you know, it was said about, you know, Bernie Sanders by many that, you know, he, yeah, he, he built well with communities and, you know, with people and a lot of young people and minorities, but, you know, he should have spent more time, you know, making friends with other establishment Democrats that would come out and back him and with, you know, media reporters that would give him favorable coverage. And I feel like maybe Trump, fucked up here and should have done more of this so not so that you know Mitch, of course, yeah. Mitch McConnell would have sat on the table and when they talked about this and it's like this is not an argument he's our president we're following him and then everybody follows yeah but I, I think like for... even Mike Pence came out and like yeah this is probably lost when Trump were talking about winning yeah but so... Mike Pence is he's GOP Donald Trump isn't a Republican I know I know I mean... but the fact that like that he hadn't, you know, gotten a couple of good relationships with, you know, maybe not McConnell or maybe not, you know, Pence, but like a couple of people that would speak up for him and that would have, that people would know that if they spoke up, people would follow. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that Donald Trump, he's been, he's probably been expecting them to back him up when the election mm. came around. And I think that the rest of the Republican Party... The, the leadership, they got together and said, okay, if it looks like he's going to lose, we're just going to let him lose. There's a very shitty The Apprentice joke here about he fired all the people that would help him. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, his kids, uh, Donald Trump's kids, uh, they've been all over Twitter uh, sh trying to shame yeah. the Republicans by uh, calling for them to help defend their president. And they've been, it's been falling on deaf ears. And I think that's ironic because I think that, and I mean, I'm not sure he's capable, but... If he had shown some of the same loyalty to some prominent GOP people, not necessarily the leadership, but you know, to to somebody that carried weight that he had this that he had done to them, things could have been different. Yeah, I mean, if he showed any ability to you know be diplomatic with them, sure. But I think for the Republicans. Uh, having Donald Trump as the president is like having a lion on a leash. It's like, yes, it's on a leash. And as long as you're pointing him in the direction of another uh, one of your enemies, he's a good asset to have. But he's also a fucking lion or, I don't know, an oversized rabid rat or something. A really, really fat lion. Yeah. <laughs> but lost his mane. Loser lion, low effort lion. <laughs> But low energy. Uh, but there's also the fact that it's still a fucking lion that can turn around and hurt you as much as it can hurt others. And I think that they were just simply ready to let him go uh, and embrace Joe Biden. Because I, I really do think that Joe Biden will be real soft on the Republicans. Uh, once New Year rolls around and he starts, you know, telling people what his plans are, his 100-day 100 100-day 100 plan. Uh, I think he's going to say that, yeah, uh, to all the people who want to prosecute Donald Trump, I understand, but this isn't the time. It's time we move past Donald Trump. I mean, and the narrative of healing... Unite the country again. ...has already been brought up quite a lot. Hmm? The, the, the narrative of healing has already yeah, been brought up. Yeah, heal the nation. And, and I mean, it's not going to be done by him and I guess this is probably the point where we 
we move on from Trump and into Biden because that's how the election goes. Yeah, but um, in 10 years, but, but, uh, but, these politicians are going to sit there and say, uh, yeah, but to, uh, but to we keep, chose to go that way instead of risking a civil war. But to keep it back on that point, like, okay, they'll trust Biden on this. I'll, I'll get that. Do they trust Harris? Yeah, I think so. I mean, do you trust Harris? No. <laughs> no, then they probably do. Yeah. No, <laughs> if but we it's don't like, trust her, they probably do. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I'm not saying she's better candidate necessarily, but more in the case that they worked with Joe for a long time. You know, he's he's flipped and he's flopped where it's needed. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they, I think they're way more comfortable with him than with some black woman that has put people in jail. Of course, I totally agree with that. But I really do think that, I think that with Joe, they can have a real good relationship. I mean, he's been cooperating with them for years, for decades. And with Harris, uh, I mean, I don't know her well enough to say anything, you know, with any kind of real confidence, but I do think that they feel that they can pressure either her or the rest of the Democratic Party to not go as far as the people want them to go. Because one of the things that's been brought up as a possible course of action to deal with the, all the fuckery, the rat fucking that the GOP has been doing for the last four years has been uh, expanding the Supreme Court uh, and uh, packing it with liberal judges. Uh, and also having uh, Puerto Rico and uh, Guam uh, added as states. And uh, I think that's something they really want to avoid. Yeah. Because that's probably going to lead to the Democrats controlling both chambers for quite a while, I think. It could also backfire. I mean, don't underestimate the Democrats' ability to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Oh yeah, it's... I mean, I'm I'm waiting for like... Biden to do something super weird so he has to step down. Mm. I mean, I, I guess we'll still have some form of democratic leadership, but still, like, it's a... Uh... So, yeah, Biden. Biden, yeah. Well, uh, reactions from... I almost said the left. It's not the left. Reactions from the Democrats' side of America. I mean... <laughs> It's easy to deal with America. There are two sides. You're either a dem or you're a rep. I mean, it's it's a very like classical thing now. Everybody who was crying when Trump won is crying again because Biden won. Mm. But like positive tears. Yeah. There's this time people are celebrating in New Jersey. I don't know if you heard, but yeah, that's one of the things Trump said after 9-11. Yeah, Muslims were celebrating and dancing in the streets on 9-11. Well, they are now. <laughs> I mean, for good reason. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I think the reaction from the Democrats' side of the country, the political spectrum, has been as expected. I mean, just people being really happy to get rid of this. I'm just glad we can probably talk shit about Biden without fucking up our elections. Yes. <laughs> we can finally uh. criticize Joe Biden when he fucks up without being called a Republican plant or a Trump supporter in disguise. Like Imagine this, like, all fellow leftists in America or whatever. You now have a president so old, so tired. If you're bullying him hard, he might leave office because of you. He might go like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm stepping down. Yeah. Kamala, I, I can't. Like, I'm going to go to some fancy retirement place and spend my last days. I don't want to deal with these angry people on Twitter or in the streets or, like, they want health care and not bombing place. Like... <laughs> The fact, that, the fact that you actually have a president that might leave of that pressure because he's so weak. But let's be honest. Uh, official prediction from uh, from me. Uh, I give Joe Biden one year. Uh, January 22nd, 2022. He's going to leave office and have Harris take over. Uh, I think that's the plan. I think he's going to take a year, give it a good year, uh, so that his name, his name is solidly in the history books. And then he's going to retire and he's going to do so gracefully and he's going to be applauded for it, for re realizing that, yes, we need a younger person and also a person of, of color and of uh, womanhood, a, a woman, the first woman, black woman president. 
uh, he's going to be celebrated for it, for his wisdom in stepping down and his grace. That's I think of, that's the plan. That's one of the things that like kind of sucks with this, that like the first female president now will be a non-elected one. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was real. I mean, when she was elected as the... Uh, elected, fuck, that's wrong. When she was picked as the VP, uh, I was kind of surprised that more people weren't insulted by it because if i was a woman or a black person and i was picked as vp and the reason was i want a black woman press uh, a, a black female as my vice president because those were the reasons i mean he said when he was gonna pick his candidate uh, his running mate that yeah i'd i'd like to have a woman or a minority or both i think don't quote me on that, but yeah, I think it was pretty clear that, yeah, I want a woman. And so in my eyes, she was picked because she's a woman. And I mean, in my eyes, like, I think that's know, a bit th insulting. Th these people would do e her. everything for, for power, especially with of like course, a candidate. Yeah. Like, like if he said he wanted a dog for vice president, they would get down on all four and bark. Oh, oh but I'm not talking about her. I'm, th I'm talking about all the all the non-politician people, I mean, all the regular people who were like, yay, a black woman for vice president and But you know, it's, it's, it's like essentially two groups. You have the, like, the Democrats, the liberals, you know, the the people that just c care about, you know, the politics of this, which is like, oh, yes, a woman, this will mm. be great. She will single-handedly stop climate change and wars. And then you have, you know, Meanwhile, black Black Lives Matter protests that are like busy dealing with actual stuff in the streets. Yeah, and I mean, what's Kamala Harris kind of controversial for? Putting it's, black people in prison. Yeah, putting black men in prison. <laughs> so there's that. But but yeah, I mean, I don't know how she will, how she will, uh, what kind of president she will be. I'm pretty pretty sure I know what kind of president Joe Biden will be. He'll be a very mellow one. Uh, yeah, he'll be like, you know, Uncle Joe. I'm pretty sure, like, you know, he'll he'll go off with pension now. He'll just, you know, have some people run shit in the White House and chill the fuck out. But we've been bitching now about all the things they're uh, gonna do, which is basically nothing. nothing. Uh, what do we think they should do? Like, what do you want Joe Biden to do? Be a bit realistic. I mean, he's not going to institute. I mean, communism into the U.S. state. But uh, the, the ironic part is like, I want him to do bad things because to me, bad things. What he, do you mean? He's he's a good candidate to fight. Like, I don't want like the worst. The worst thing is like if he you know basically says you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do all the things Bernie Sanders wanted to do or like you know really goes out and fight for it. I want to see him. Do you know the liberal shrill thing where it's like, you know, yeah, liberal shrill thing, shrill, yeah, where it's like, you know, yeah, I guess we were gonna do climate things, but I mean, we also need oil. I want to see him like flip flop on issues and let you know act weak in a Why do you want to see him do that? Because then we can fight him. Like, the, <laughs> well, wor the worst thing is if, if he, like, you know, the, the, the Republican painted this, you know picture of, you know, crazy communist Joe. Mm. It's basically Joe Stalin, like the name, it's mm. there. Uh, and then, you know, him, you know, following through on policies and I, I, like... But big, don't you want him to actually do those things? I mean... I mean, because now it sounds like you're more concerned with fighting him than actually achieving goals we want achieved. I mean, sure, if he would like, you know, Here's the Matthew plan and all of the things here is what, you know, that would, like that, Medicare that, for all. That, that, that would be great. But like, I, you know, he's a Democrat. I expect him to act like a Democrat. And I think the best thing would be if he's like really acting like a Democrat because in a bad way. Now we had Trump. Trump has been bad. There are a lot of people in America that thinks Trump is bad. And they think now that, you know, when Trump goes out of office, when Republicans are no longer in office. Mm. 
Think will be swell. Thing will be great. You know, uh, grown-ups okay. are back in charge. They're going to fix things. Student loans are going to be taken care of. Justice is going to be served. We're going to, like, do all the things for black people that haven't been, like... None of those things will happen. We all know those things will happen. And I want him to act as wishy-washy, as flip-floppy. I want him to collaborate with Republican. I want all of the people who saw hope in Joe Biden be sitting there with disdain and realize he's not a solution. Because for all the things, and he has some good things in his plan, at least if you compare to what you know America is, I think the best he can do is make people realize that you can't just, you know, elect some random Democrat and expect things to change. I would like things to change. I don't see him making it. So the clearer you see him not making it, I think that would be better for uh, okay. changing people's I, minds. I, I get why you said what you said now, because you're taking, you're seeing it in a realistic light. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think we both agree that uh, Joe Biden will, he, uh, I saw someone make an, uh, make a, uh, make a metaphor of it. Uh, how how did it go again? Uh, yeah, uh, the American people has had a knife stuck into their back for decades, and when Trump got elected, it was pushed like five more inches into your back. By electing Joe Biden, you're pulling it maybe three inches back out again. There's still a knife in your back. Yeah, there's still a knife in your back, and even if you pulled out the knife, you still have to kind of you still have to treat the wound. And yeah, that's that's basically how we both see it, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, the big part here is like Joe is a very weak president now, especially because he's so old and frail. Because mm. you know, when when Obama got elected, he was a powerful candidate. Like he spoke, people listened. People, you know, they didn't just elect Obama because they didn't want. Uh, McCain. McCain back then. Like, they believed Obama. They they elected him on hope and change. And he spoke and they thought things can be different. So they, they laid a trust in him. They followed him in a completely different way. Joe Biden is not that character. The hope we, we laid into him was the hope that he would survive until election day. Mm. The change was him being not Trump. Yeah. That's it. And... He's a good candidate to fight because he will, like, when you fought Obama on, say, you know, not closing down Guantanamo Bay, on uh, turning a blind eye on all his promises when it came to whistleblowers, when he turned on Snowden, on, you know, not doing the things he promised with uh, Medicare, like, the, the unanimous support he had gotten made it, like, really hard to fight him and not be in, you know, cast out as, you know, some kind of idiots. I think it will be very different having the same fights with Joe Biden, especially now when you have BLM in the streets protesting and, you know, he's not going to do things that much differently. He's not going to black bag people, which is great, but, like, he's still going to send in the police with batons and tear gas. Uh, yeah, he might join the P Paris agreements, but... I mean, I'm going to actually say I'm pretty depressed of how, how much he moved on the environment part. But still, is he going to follow through? I think I disagree when you say that he's a good candidate to fight. I think you're completely right about him being a milquetoast president who doesn't really change, th change things. And, uh, you know, I get your point. But I think that... I think we're underestimating... Uh, how gullible a lot of Americans are. Because I think a lot of Americans, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, here in Norway as well, but a lot of people in general, they look at Joe Biden and they think he's a likable dude. I mean, I think he's a likable guy. <laughs> I mean, I think spending an hour with him would be fun if he can remember my name. I mean, but I think he's an, he, he seems like a nice guy, uh, personally. And... For most people, I think that's enough to, you know, make them seem uh, seem in a positive light. And I think that he has adopted just enough and will keep adopting just enough uh, policies that probably seem more radical <laughs> than uh, they really are. And that 
when when his uh, presidency is over, uh, people are going to say that, yeah, he moved things in the right direction. And Oh, he will move things in the right direction. So I think that a lot of people on the left, uh, on the left. Uh, Libs. Yeah, the American left, let's call it that, just for simplicity's sake. Uh, I think a lot of Democrat voters uh, will either seem that way, uh, or they will simply not vote or vote, yeah, not vote in the next election. And you'll have a Republican presidency in 2024. Uh, I, think... I think that's the risk you're running by having a Joe Biden. I, I don't think that he's going to inspire people to fight harder. I think he's going to mellow things out and kill the fight in a lot of people. He'll try to do that. That will be his game plan. And that's why, you know, the fight will only come from the people who's fighting. Like, th there will need to be an opposition against him. And I don't think you can trust necessarily uh, Sanders or AOC to do it. We'll need groups outside, you know, grassroots that, that fight on things. But I think that even though he is likable, if he is too weak on things, if he cooperates too much, if he spends too much time not really following through on the things he followed through there's still a lot of yeah i mean anger we can say anger here on on people that feels left out that people that wanted actual change or people who not donald trump is not good enough and i think that the fact that he won't be able to survive on his character the same way that obama did because obama was this you know historical figure that held strength in a way when the, the opposition on the left was pretty much non-existing. Joe Biden, yeah, he can smile with you and take a beer, but if there's actual political organizing on him, like, it's not going to change him, it's not going to change the Democrats, but it might change the minds of people living the hard life that hoped that more was coming and seeing it's not. And... Well, I'm not going to say it's, you know, what result it would give four years down the line. It might build a better opposition for, you know, this fake duopality that we have. So you think that him being a weak president or a bad president in that yeah. regard, you think that will pull people in the direction of uh, mounting an opposition to the Democrat establishment and... Uh, what Joe Biden represents. You think that will get more people to fight harder for what's important uh, rather than just simply pull them out of politics and have them lose faith in in the electoral process? Yeah, because a big problem with the classical democratic uh, electorate is that they have had really high confidence in their establishment leaders. Mm. Like, if you looked at, you know, the Republicans, they have had, like, extremely low confidence in them, but they still vote them. But that, 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 that opened the door for someone like Trump to come and take advantage of the discontent and the anger. Like, but, you know, the average... And I'm not saying this is everyone, because there's a lot of people who vote Democrat, but, you know, the average, average Democrat is pretty happy with life. They would, you know, want things to be, you know, maybe a little more of this, a bit more fair taxes, a bit more focus on the... But, like, they think things are, like, mostly fine. And I think that you can shake that tree and make people question it, make, especially the young generation growing up, saying, you know, this is not good enough. And hopefully get back to some more... Um, how did uh, Pete Buttigieg put it? The revolutionary spirit of the 60s? <laughs> but don't you think that those people you described, the people who are pretty happy about things, yeah, they like some minor changes, but they don't they don't want to turn a country on its head. Uh, don't you think those people will just kind of accept how things are? I mean, Trump is out, so you don't have to hate yourself and everyone around you every day like we've been doing for the last four years. But don't you think they'll just, ah, this is politics. And don't you think that the younger people are just going to think that, oh, you know, they pushed Bernie Sanders out. So having, getting the radical change that we want and think we need, 
that's just unrealistic. Don't you think they'll just lose faith? I can't believe we're like two episodes in in this podcast, and now I'm going to make the young generation is the future argument. <laughs> and not <Victory>. you. <laughs> uh, but, but, youth! The power of but youth! Like, I think I think the older generation, like, you know, the classical, you know, <laughs> people that have voted Democrat for 60 years of their life, they won't really care. But I feel like the younger generation, those that have come into this process through Bernie Sanders, through uh, AOC, through, you know, these Ilan new vo- voices that are experiencing different problems. You know, it, basically the people that cannot really remember uh, uh, Democratic leadership before Obama. I think they will view this differently. And I think, I mean... I hope you're right. I'm not necessarily saying this will happen automatically because this is the really, really important part for this to work. And that is for the left to organize, to fight, to to take him every time he's, you know, forgetting promises when he's acting in ways he shouldn't be because media won't cover it. They've been doing all this with Trump and they're going to be happy, like, not getting shit-talked in press conferences. But... If the proper work is done, I think they will act in the process and I think a lot of them will stay in the electoral process because they also remember Trump. They know there could be a consequence of just turning the back on the process. Sure, that's a good point. And like I said, I hope you're right. I mean, that's what we need to happen. But I cannot stress this enough, even if there's like five people listening to this now, that (laughs) this will not happen by itself. There will need to be work done. There will need to be marches. There will need to be clips shared shared on Twitter. You will need to talk about your mom about the things that, like the. I don't know how far the left has come. The work that has been done by you know the the entirety of the Sanders campaign from you know sixteen until now is incredible. But it must the, the torch must be carried forward. After this, and I'm not like. I don't necessarily think we can look to the politicians to do so. We can press them to do so. But they will they will try and, you know, they will do their own things to try and pull Biden in the right direction and try to sneak things through. But their methods yeah, but you, will but not be the ones... When you say right direction, you mean the right direction for their... I mean, their real employers. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, like, you know... The people they actually a- AOC... Bernie Sanders. Oh, okay. You mean these those people? people. Ah, okay. They'll try to be like, you know, Joe. This I is this, this is important. Democrats. Put this in. But mm. like, we cannot expect them to do the heavy lifting. They will, you know, they they might work from the inside, or they might even turn the back on us. But when he does stupid war shit, and he probably will at some point, there need to be people outside the White House, and if you know they are pulled away by, you know, police like, you know, happened under Trump. It needs to be filled. It needs to be put up on the internet. It needs to be shared. It needs to be shown to people because this will not happen by itself. So we need, you know, media like us. Woohoo. We need, you know, organizations to work. But I feel like some of this infrastructure is already there. Like how BLM works now compared to what they were, you know, under Obama is very different how, you know, lots of different, how the experience of the youth of the political system of what America could be political is very different now from what it was five years ago. And if this is taken advantage of, if this is, you know, blasted out because CNN is not going to cover this, they don't care about this. They like, you know, there's a civil guy in the house now. That's what they're happy with. But if enough people take that anger, and I don't mean it in like, you know, Donald Trump gets, you know, angry white men riled up, rah-rah racist stuff. I mean, like, you know, the the people that have been overlooked, that has been fucked by so many different things that needs this planet to carry on for another, you know, 80 years before we all die. If they take this matter into their own hand and act out in the ways that they could, Joe Biden is not going to look good standing against them he's you know he's old he's he's almost senile he'll he'll look like somebody like when obama came out against similar groups he could shut them up in a different way he could be like don't worry guys i'm black i'll solve this racism will end i'm elected now and then it was you know hard to do things and nothing happened i think that 
if cards are played right and things are done properly, things can go very different now. Let's be frank about this. At least this is my opinion. I think you share it. Uh, we are engaged in a war right now. It's a class war uh, between the haves and the have-nots. And the way we fight this, especially we, the younger generations, the way you fight in this is doing exactly what you just said. Uh, you need to engage. You need to show up. This isn't a war where you pick up a gun and shoot your enemy across a field or fire a drone at someone. It's a class warfare where you need to, like you said, pressure your politicians. Uh, they need to not feel safe in their jobs. Not physically safe. I mean, they need to feel like, whoa, I need to actually do what these people want me to do or I will lose my job. And they need to feel that pressure all the time. And yeah, I mean, like I said, the way you fight in this war is by doing what Matthew just said, showing up, engaging, being there and demanding. And yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I it basically comes down to this to be able to reach because there's a lot of people that feel this way that have given up. And if another people talk about this, if another people demand change and, you know, start doing things, these people who are given up that things that they're just one people with a voice that doesn't matter, we start realizing that like, oh shit, I can I can take part in this. I can speak up. I can come out. My voice may matter. And when those people start to get put into this process, then we will start seeing the real results. Not having this, you know, couple of million women's going around saying they're angry about Trump, but, you know, lots of people standing out. Is there like an actual Supreme Court house? In, I, I assume they have like an actual Supreme Court. I, I think so, like, yeah. Supreme Courthouse steps. You, you, you feel that, you know, the entirety of that place and around and around and around and with like people that are like, you know, Chanting and, chanting and having handmade costumes and wearing blood and screaming and like it might be majority Republican but if the entirety of the country stands outside ready to fuck them up they won't touch the abortion laws yeah like at the end of the days most of these people just like Trump's they're cowards they care about their own skin they'll they'll they won't do anything. They will wait and they'll say, you know, we'll do it the next time. It's going to go over. People's going to be tired. Most often, that's what happened. Don't be tired. Don't stop. Keep the fight. And, and they'll give up. And they'll give up because next time, just as many there. And at some point, they'll move on. Or they'll, I mean, it's the Supreme Court. They'll literally die out. Mm. And an important note on that. Uh, being part of this fight, as I call it, uh, this movement, this resistance, uh, it's going to feel overwhelming to a lot of people. And to a lot of people listening to this, it's going to seem like something that, yeah, it sounds nice, but I still need to work and feed my family. And I just can't stay in the streets for like a week at a time. And it's true. Most Americans, most people around the world can't do that. But you don't have to. Because... There are a lot more of us than there are of them. And like you said, they're cowards. And the most important thing is to organize. You don't have to hit the streets seven days a week to effectively change yeah. how things are. You just need to organize and make sure that, okay, when Matthew needs a rest, Andy's there to follow up on what he was doing. And when Andy needs rest, Robert is there. And when Robert is tired, Sarah takes over. You need to organize and divide the labor. It's about not necessarily doing a lot, but always doing something. It's yeah. like, you know, if you want to be healthy, you don't necessarily have to like, you know, work out an hour every day. But, you know, if you can take, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes to do a walk, like once every so often, that will have a great effect. And it's, I think it's about that, you know, finding those 10, 20 minutes 
a day, maybe every other day, you know, to, to do something, sharing memes, uh, making sure your the people you know on Facebook or Twitter are seeing whatever when it comes to, you know, important things. Uh, Calling a representative. Finding, you know, videos that explain things very easily, making them shared. Uh, or, or creating them yourself if you like yours you know some sort of video creator like you know we're making this podcast because we don't really get the time to do the important things we feel needs to be done so it's our way of pitching in and if everybody you know can pitch in that little amount we're a lot of people yeah okay Let's finish this up. Did I did I end the entire episode in a big revolution speech? <laughs> <laughs> revolution. So I just have one final question before we end this matter. Yes. Who's the next president of the United States of America? Not Trump. Not Donald Trump. Uh, subscribe to our thingy. I assume there's a subscriber thing some places. Yes, we're boomers. We don't know how this works. We're just we're speaking. We're not boomers. Fuck you. We're not boomers. Okay, then you can explain how they subscribe. They, they click the button and the internet does its thing. <laughs> like when the modem goes... That, like like I we... said, we're boomers. We're not fucking boomers. Stop that. End the recording right now. Podcast over. Episode two. That's as far as we go. We'll see you next time. <laughs> God damn it.